Let's go ahead and open up your Bibles. Joshua 23 is where we're going to be today. Joshua 23. In church, I just have to be honest with you guys this morning uh, before I begin. There's times where I don't remember things very well. I don't remember things very well. Um, I have a hard time remembering details from work the day before. You can ask my wife if you don't believe me. Um, I sometimes do not even remember things that happened the hour before or the minute before. Um, If you don't believe me, maybe some of these examples that I share with you, you'll be able to relate to and um, and we can kind of get along together with this. Um, First, have you, tell me if this is true and I want to show hands. Have you ever been sitting on a couch, totally just kind of vegging out? And all of a sudden you remembered something important that you had to either do or go get in your kitchen. So you get up, you head to the kitchen, and then as soon as you get to where your kitchen is, you forget immediately the reason you got up. Anybody? Anybody? Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Um, Guys, this is really bad when it happens to me because my kitchen and my living room are one and the same. (laughs) So it's really bad when it happens to me. Um, what about this one? I have um, an Amazon Echo device. If you guys know what that is, um, the Amazon Echo devices, I have one of those in my apartment. You can talk to it, ask it questions. Basically, you ask a question, it responds, that's it. I, I, mean, I mean, that's how it works. That's what it does. But sometimes I'll ask Alexa a simple question, like in the morning, Alexa, what's the weather today? And she'll respond. But I'm multitasking so hard in the morning that I just forget immediately what she tells me. And so then I'm like, what did she say? So then I have to ask again. And, and I mean, church, like, how dumb is that? Like, it's like, I ask, she tells me, and I'm, and I'm like, I forget exactly what she just said. Um, so I'm like putting on a parka, and she's like, it's going to be 85 and sunny um, with a heat index of 108. And, and, so, and, and so I have to ask again. Um, if I were to go to a doctor, they might call something like this. They might diagnose something like this. They might say, oh, that's temporary amnesia. They might say, oh, you have temporary amnesia. That's what a doctor would call it. I call it Wednesday morning. That's what I call it. Um, But seriously, this is something that I've noticed from time to time affects me, and it kind of irritates me a little bit. And you're probably wondering right now as you sit in your seat why I'm sharing this with you. Um, I'm convinced, church, that many people in our church, myself included, we suffer from a, a spiritual form of temporary amnesia. I believe that many, many of us suffer from this. And I think some of the symptoms of this are times when we find ourselves kind of distancing ourselves from God, either openly disobeying his word, subtly, kind of, sort of disobeying his word, not communing with God, not praying regularly, not asking him regularly to kind of align our heart with, with his heart. And I think these are some of the symptoms of spiritual amnesia. And I would say if you're a Christian today, if you're a Christian and you find yourself regularly living in the day-to-day as if God doesn't exist, you probably have spiritual amnesia. And, and there's times, guys, where I have this too. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of sharing this with you. Um, and today, if you're not a follower of Christ, if, you're, if you don't consider yourself a Christian, then I'm really glad that you're here because I think today you're going to get to hear about what God has done for his people in the past, and you're going to hear why it matters for you today. And so everybody's at Joshua 23. We're going to spend time today in Joshua 23 and 24, but don't freak out. We're not going to read through the whole thing. Because you're already looking at your Bibles. I see you. You're going like, what? Like, how long did Pastor Will give Pastor Kyle to preach? Um, and and not, that, not that long, church. So, um, so, so, um, so we're going to open up, um, and I'll kind of be jumping around, but I'll do my best without slides to kind of let you guys know where we're at. Um, quick background on what's happening in Joshua 23 before we jump into it. So God had commanded Israel, who were his chosen people, to take control of the promised land. 
And God himself went before the Israelites and led them to rout every opposition they faced as they trusted in the Lord to keep his promises. So God said, you're going to have this land. There's a lot of people there. As you go through, though, you're going to rout them all. You're going to clean them all out. I'm going to make a way for you to do that. Um, You don't take credit for it. It's the work that I'm doing is what God says. Um, He says, but that's what's going to happen. And that happened. Like God kept his promises. And now near the end of Joshua's life, years after the conquest of the land had occurred, Joshua's getting old. And basically what we see happening in the current like setting is God had given victory over the peoples of the land. He'd given all this victory to Israel over the peoples of the land. And there were some of those people that still remained in the land. There were a few there. And in this context, Joshua gives two separate speeches that make up Joshua 23 and Joshua 24. Two separate speeches, but they're designed to call the Israelites to remember the Lord's deeds and to respond with loyal devotion and lifelong obedience to him. And so let's begin in Joshua 23.1. If you have your Bibles, you can look there. Verse 1. A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, its elders and heads, its judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years. It's a great way to start a speech, right? (laughs) And you have seen all that the Lord your God had done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. And so Joshua wanted to remind the people what he was doing there um, when he opened up that speech. He wanted to remind them that God had been faithful to them. He said, God's been faithful to you for many years. And and, and you guys have followed him into the promised land and he has delivered you into this land. In other words, they were to remember, which is the opposite of forgetting things like I shared with you guys at the beginning. They were to remember God's faithfulness in their lives. And so if you're taking notes today, um, it's only two points. Point number one, you have to remember. Point number one, you have to remember. So jumping down to verse eight, we read this. And this is Joshua still talking. He says, but you shall cling to the Lord your God, just as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. And so Joshua makes it clear to the Israelites that they are to cling to the Lord. That's the word he uses, cling to the Lord. Um, Does anybody here suffer from Lent clinging to your clothes? Anybody? So, so Lent, when it, get, when it clings to your clothes, it gets a really tight grip on your clothes, right? And in fact, um, somebody that probably made a lot of money invented this item called a Lent roller. And, and it's basically this thing, and, and you do that, and you roll it on your clothes, and it gets the Lent off. Um, but that's pretty much what it takes if you're going to get Lent off your clothes. Some people I know go old school, and they use, like, tape. But I don't have time for that. Um, so so I, use a, I use a Lent roller. But it clings. It creates a tight grip, right? Like, it's a sense of a tight grip. Um, when my daughter, I have a four-year-old daughter, for those of you guys who don't know me, um, my daughter's four, and sometimes when she's shy or scared or nervous, she clings to me. And it hurts sometimes, you know, because she'll wrap around my leg, and I'm like, come on, you're cutting off circulation. Um, but, but she holds on really, really tight. I mean, that's for sure. Like, she's holding on tight. Um, she's clinging. It's a strong, tight grip. And in the same way, Joshua tells the Israelites that they are to hold on to the one who has been holding them as they entered the land and they fought and defeated their enemies. He said, the one that held you that whole time, hold on to him. Hold on to him. And so what, what would be the motivation for doing that? Like if you were just coming in and, um, to the scene and you were just saying like, well, why would I do that? Um, does it not come through remembering? I mean, does it not come through remembering all the things that the Lord had done for them at the time and all the things that the Lord had done for you? And just as God's word told them, hey, cling to the Lord, it's telling us cling to the Lord. And we are to cling to the Lord. 
And we do that through remembering. That's why you have to remember. Um, If you guys remember the last time I preached, I preached on Mark 7, where Jesus teaches us that our sin comes from within and not from the outside. And to sum that up in, in, you know, one sentence, you could say that that passage was teaching us that people fail from the inside out. They fail from the inside out. And that sermon was a sermon for our church, but it was also a reminder for me um, as one of your pastors. You see, failure comes when we forget God. We forget what he's done for us. We forget who he is. Um, And then we just turn and follow our own way. And even your pastor's church, I just want to tell you guys, even your pastors, we must constantly place the blessings of God before us. We must constantly remember. We must constantly meditate on scripture. We must remember who God is, remember his goodness, remember his character. And we must remember how much he loves us in order for us to live rightly before him. Um, That goes no different for us than, than it does for you guys. Um, Psalm 119.11 sums this up pretty well. It says, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so we must constantly recognize our need for grace and for mercy from God in order to live a holy life. Um, Even though my vocation and Pastor Will's vocation is pastoral ministry, um, that doesn't doesn't matter if we forget what God has done, if we forget what's in his word. there's, there's no way we're gonna, our lives are going to be shaped for his glory and his fame um, if we do that. And so um, how do you store up God's word in your heart? Like, how do you do it? Well, in Joshua's day, they did something kind of interesting, um, and I think it's pretty cool. They would set up large stones as monuments, per se, um, to remind themselves of the covenant that they had with the Lord. So here's an example of that. In Joshua 23, verse 26, he talks about this. It says, And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, And he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your God. Um, So that's what they would do. They they would actually like set up stones and they would say, This stone is going to be a witness. (laughs) This stone heard everything um, that was said in the covenant between you and the Lord. So when you see this stone, remember, remember. Today, you, you or someone you know may be into Bible journaling or prayer journaling. Maybe, maybe that's a practice of yours where, where you journal um, as, you read, um, as you read the Bible or you journal as you pray. As you pray. Um, journaling is a great way to store up God's word in your heart because the cool thing about a journal is you can go back and read it later. So you can go back to a specific season or date in life and you can see what God was teaching you, what your feelings were, how you were responding to it. Um, and, and it's just a great way to, to recall things, to remember. And you could say Bible journaling is the setting up stones of today. Because <laughs> um, I don't see any of you guys running out to do that uh, after, this, after this sermon. Um, I don't even have a car, so I can't carry a stone that far. Um, so it doesn't matter for me. But this is why also some of us have artwork with scripture on it in our homes or, or in our apartments. Um, we, we have artwork with scripture on it. This is why some of you guys do this, right? Um, we have one in our home and it says house rules and it has a lot of scripture that talks about like how we should care for one another, how we should treat for one, uh, treat one another. This is why some of you guys probably have this because they serve as you go throughout your everyday day-to-day routines in life. They serve as reminders, um, and, and they help you remember who God is and what his word says. And so if you go back to Joshua 23, we're looking at verse 15, Joshua kind of gives this, this caveat. He says, but just as all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, 
So the Lord will bring upon you all the evil things until he has destroyed you from off this good land that the Lord your God has given you. That's your encouraging word of the day, okay? Um, but seriously, like that threat that was contained in those verses was actually fulfilled. Um, that actually became a reality for the Israelites during something called the Babylonian exile when God, um, hundreds of years later, he would actually punish the Israelites for their disobedience and for their unbelief in him. And that was partly due to the fact that they did not remember what he had done for them. They did not remember that he was the one that carried them into the land, and so he then removed them from the land. They did not remember. And I hope, church, that as we leave here today, we see why you and I have to remember, why it's so important for us to do so. Moving on to chapter 24, Joshua assembles all of Israel at a place called Shechem. This is now the start of like the second speech. Um, he assembles all of Israel at a place called Shechem, and he leads the people to renew the covenant there and, to, and sort of to give his last will and testament. Remember, he's, he's very old. Um, the Bible actually says that after this time, Joshua was going to die at the ripe old age of 110. He did pretty good. Um, I'm not counting on seeing 110, but, but Joshua did. He had fulfilled the work that the Lord had given him, and, and, he knew, and he knew that his time was coming. So he wanted to sort of give last words to his people. And scholars believe that Joshua picked Shechem to give this address because the actual place of Shechem would help the Israelites remember. Well, you say, how, Kyle? Like, how would that happen? I'm glad you guys asked. Shechem was where Abraham first received God's promise that his descendants would live in the promised land. So going all the way back to the book of Genesis, Abraham received God's promise for the first time that his people would one day live in the promised land at Shechem. Um, every Israelite would have known this. And so Abraham actually built an altar there to demonstrate his faith in the Lord. Shechem was also the place where Jacob buried his family's idols, showing his faith in the Lord. Israelites would have known that. They know their history. And lastly, earlier in the book of Joshua, so just a few pages before this in chapter 8, Joshua had erected large stones with the law written on them. So, so he, had, he had erected these really large stones with the law of God written on them at Shechem. And presumably, those stones would have still been standing there when, when this scene is unfolding. So when what we're about to talk about unfolds, that's, those are like in the background. <laughs> um, talk about using a place to remind God's people of God's faithfulness. And so if you look at the first 10 verses of, of Joshua 24, 10, the first 10 verses, um, they kind of give us a summary account of God calling his people, Israel, into existence, um, of their obedience to him. And this story... The first 10 verses, you can read it as a summary. Um, we're not going to walk through it today. But if you want the detailed version, it's in the first five books of the Bible. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's all there. It's all there. Um, and, and so that, that, is, that is in detail there. But we're going to pick up the story in Joshua 24.11 is where we're going to be. 24.11. And you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. And the leaders of Jericho fought against you. And also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. They forgot the New Jerseyites, but you guys get the picture. Um, and I gave them into your hand, and I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you. The two kings of the Amorites, it was not by your sword or by your bow, or by your bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored, in cities that you had not built, and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant." So that's kind of like a history lesson, right? Like he's basically running through like, like you went over the Jordan, you came to Jericho, you beat them, you beat these people, you beat these people, you beat these people. And God said, I moved all those people out of the way for you. I defeated them 
for you so you could inhabit the land. And you inherited land, um, vineyards that you didn't labor for. <laughs> he, he said, you, he said you, you get to live in a place that was set up for you um, because God did all that. And so Joshua is calling Israel to remember this. Um, Joshua, he's saying, like, guys, don't forget. Like, like, don't forget. Like, as I'm about to go off the scene, like, do not forget. Like, this is who God is, and this is what he's done for us. And so this is why, and if you're wondering, if you've been coming to Crossroads for a little while, you wonder why some of our, our sermons here have a very familiar theme, and that theme is the gospel. And in case you don't know, the gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ has died in our place, he's paid the penalty for our sins, and his resurrection proves that he's defeated sin and defeated death, and he offers eternal life to anyone who will believe in him, anyone who will surrender their life to him and trust in him. And you might wonder, like, if you've been coming to Crossroads, you're like, man, that's like a, like, I hear that all the time when I'm at Crossroads. Like, that, that seems to come up in every sermon. Well, you see, one of the things that sermons are designed to do, um, one is to teach us about God, to teach us theology, um, but then also to remind us what Christ has done for us. Like, we need reminders. We need reminders because the song that we sang today even tells us that we are prone to wander, right? Like, like we're prone to wander. Like, we're prone to just, to just go in another direction. And so we have to have those reminders. We must constantly be taught and retaught the gospel, and we must constantly teach ourselves the gospel. Um, I've heard it said before, the gospel is not the diving board into, into, into Christianity. It's actually like the pool itself. It's not just like how you become a Christian. It's like the whole thing. <laughs> um, so we should never get beyond that. And church, this is actually one of the benefits of being a member of, of a place like Crossroads. Um, this is what we say when we want to grow together as a family. This is like one of the aspects of that. Um, what does that look like, you might ask? Well, one aspect is that we put ourselves in situations where we, ha- we constantly have people pointing us to the gospel. Constantly have people pointing us to remember. Saying like, hey, like when you're tempted to, to you know, live like this, when you're tempted to sin, when you're tempted to do these things, like remember who God is. Like remember what God's done for you. Like don't forget that. Um, and it places you kind of in a situation and you place yourselves in a situation when you become a member of a church. Um, another thing, we always encourage you guys, you guys hear me talking about it all the time, joining one of our groups, whether that's a growth group, attending um, an event that we have like a no forum or one of our start stop Bible studies that we do uh, from time to time at Crossroads. Well, one of the reasons is like we want you to be intaking the word of God. Like, like, we, we, want, we, we want you to be doing what Psalm 119 says, um, that we will store it up in our heart, that we might not sin against the Lord. Um, so we want you to be in relationships with other believers. And those happen through, through going to things like that and being a part of groups. And so Joshua, I hope you can see, like he's not simply giving a history lesson here to the Israelites. He's saying, yes, you have to remember, you have to remember, you have to remember. Um, but instead, what he actually does is he brings them to a decision point in their, in their walk. So like in their lives, he said, he, like he set this thing up. So he's actually bringing them to like a decision point. Like they have to make a decision. Um, and so let's see how he does that in verse 14. Verse 14 says this, Joshua 24, 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so what Joshua is doing there is he's calling people to give undivided loyalty. He's saying, he's saying you have to choose. <laughs> he's saying, and he's, it's a little, sounds a little tongue-in-cheek when you read it because it's like, 
choose who, like, you choose who you're going to worship, who you're going to serve. Um, he says, but for me, it's going to be the Lord. Um, but basically what he's doing is he's saying, undivided loyalty to the Lord is the only way to experience God's power and blessing going forward. He said, we've experienced amazing blessing. Don't forget, remember, we've experienced amazing blessing. But going forward, like, you have to respond to that. And so main point number two, if you're writing anything down, um, you have to respond. You have to respond. And so Joshua says, choose this day. He's saying, like, today. Like, choose. Like, make a decision. He said, because when he spoke to the Israelites, I think he's telling us the same thing. He's saying, today, choose this day. Like, who, like, who are you going to be about? Who are you going to follow? Are you going to, like, like, what are you going to worship? Um, and the reason why he doesn't just say remember and he says respond is because remembering happens up here. I mean, for the most part. Like, we remember things here. Um, but I've heard it said, and maybe you guys have heard this too, that a lot of people miss out on an eternity with Christ by 18 inches. I don't know if you've ever heard that said. I, you've probably heard baseball is the game of inches, right? But, but, but what I'm saying is that a lot of people miss out on an eternity with Christ by 18 inches. 18 inches is the, di- is the distance between your head and your heart. Because you can learn a lot about God, and it can be right here. <laughs> right here. I, I mean, you can, you can come here, you can listen, you can read your Bible. Um, you, I mean, you can watch Bible studies on the internet now, and there's lots of ways you can learn a lot about God. Um, but if it just, but if it just stays here, if it just stays here, church, we're missing something because until you get those truths from your head into your heart, it's going to be extremely difficult to respond to God with a life of devotion. Um, I, I mean, I knew a lot of people coming up, um, growing up who intellectually knew a lot about God. I mean, they just did like, they knew a lot about God. Um, but they didn't, but like, they weren't following Jesus. Like they knew a lot about God, but they weren't following Jesus. And, and, and so, so like, I just want to make sure like, that when we hear these things, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I believe in God, Pastor I. Like, I believe the Bible's true, all these things. But it's like unless that gets here, like, unless we're willing to put like, the weight of our, our life on Christ, um, then it's going to be very, very hard to respond to God with a life of devotion. And so how did the Israelites respond? Let's look at, like, let's look at what they did. Um, Joshua twenty four sixteen. they say, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And then verse 18, they say, And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. And so they were remembering, right? I mean, they were remembering. They, they remembered what God had done, and they were responding by declaring their love and obedience for the Lord. Like, that's awesome. Like, praise God for that. Like, that's an amazing response that they give. Um, but then Joshua kind of takes the conversation on, on an unusual twist. And this is something like I had to read over. I was like, what is he saying here? But if you look at verse 19, it says, Joshua said to the people, you're not able to serve the Lord for he's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. And I'm like, what? Because, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I mean I've, I've read the Bible and I'm like, but there's a million places in the Bible that talk about God doing this. So I'm thinking like, okay, well, Joshua as like the leader of, of God's people at this time, He's not, go- he's not going against the like He's not going to throw the whole thing out. Um, Joshua only gets to write one book in the Bible. There's, you know, 65 others. Um, it's like he's not throwing the whole thing out. Um, so to be clear, like what he's doing, he's using hyperbole and exaggeration to sort of display how a sinful people must approach a holy God. He's saying like, he's saying like as sinful people, like, like we don't just waltz right, like, like we don't just waltz right up to God and just demand things of God. He said, that's, that's not like our MO with God. Um, to be clear, God is a God of forgiveness and grace. 
And to say anything otherwise would be going against the entire library of Scripture. I mean, it would be going against almost everything else that this, this um, word says. And most notably, I'll point out Exodus 34. Um, and, this, and this is, and if you're wondering, like, well, how authentic is that, Kyle? It's like, well, this is like the Lord talking about himself. <laughs> so I consider that pretty, like, that's legit. Um, it says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting iniquity of the fathers on the children and children's children to the third and fourth generation. So we know that our God is a God of forgiveness and grace. We know that. Um, But people should not take his forgiveness as him approving of our sin. So God is a God of forgiveness and grace, but we should not take his forgiveness as him approving of our sin. And so Joshua is trying to remind the people of that. He's saying, look, like, it's not going to be easy to follow the Lord. I mean, he's, he's, he's sort of calling them to, like, to add it up. He's like, he's like this isn't going to be easy. He, he said, because God's blessed you, don't just think, like, it's like, don't just think that he approves of when you disobey of him. Like, 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 like it's individual. Like, you're part of a community here, but it's an individual thing. And so if you look, if you think about this today, what he's basically saying, he's saying, he's reminding Israel, saying, like, don't suppose that being recipients of God's blessing makes you immune to his judgment just because he blessed you. So what would that look like for us today? Maybe you're here and you're at a church like Crossroads, um, who I believe that God is blessing. Like, I mean, like we look around, we see God blessing our, I mean, Pastor Will and I, we talk about this all the time. We're like, man, like God's really blessing our church. We're seeing a lot of awesome things happen. There's people coming to Christ. We're, we're baptizing people. You know, a lot of our ministries are growing. I mean, we're seeing record levels of generosity, all these things that we've, we've shared. Um, and so maybe you're here and you're like, man, like, this is really cool. Like, I'm really excited about this. Like, I just want to tell you today, like, being a part of the community, like, like, like just attending here, just sitting here, like, isn't what, isn't what makes us right with God. Like, like that's, not what, that's not what makes us right with God. It's a great thing. We're glad you're here. Like, we, we love you being here but it's not what makes us right to God. It doesn't make us immune to God's judgment just by attending a church like this. Think about a pro athlete, or some of you guys are weekend warriors. You do marathons and Tough Mudders and other insane things um, that I would never do. Um, but, 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 think about, but think about that. Like, you realize God has blessed you with an ability to do those things, but what if you were to never, like, what if you were never to turn that around and, and thank him for it or give him glory for it? Um, it's like God, the thing about the athlete, the, the athlete that's like amazing, but they never honor the one that's given them everything, every ability they have. Um, it doesn't mean that they're, it doesn't mean that they're immune to God's judgment just because he's blessed them. And so church, we just have to remember that God will still judge those who, um, who, who he's blessed if they haven't found forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And forgiveness in Jesus Christ, guys, changes the game. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. So instead of, so if you see what Joshua is doing, instead of simply taking a superficial answer from the people, he's saying like, no, really guys, like count the cost. Like think about what it means to follow the Lord. Like, like think about it, like consider it. Remember, this is his last speech to the people. Like he's not going to stand before them again. Uh, we have no record of him doing that again. Um, so he's saying like, guys, really like count the cost. Like think of what it is to follow the Lord. Jesus does the same thing in, in Luke 14. He says, whoever, um, he says, whoever does not, um, Bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. And so after challenging the Israelites a couple of times um, to really say, like, guys, this is, what, this is what it is to obey the Lord. He then repeats, he goes back to where he was before. And in Joshua 24, verse 23, he says this, he says, 
Then put away the foreign gods that are among you, and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, this is awesome, people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. And I was like, amen. <laughs> um, and guys, I wish the story had like a really, really happy ending for the Israelites right here. I wish we could just like close the book on the Israelites' history and be like, they're going to obey the Lord. Like, like yes, like, like they're going to obey the Lord. This is so awesome. But like what we see, what comes after the book of Joshua is a book called Judges. And there's a constant refrain in the book of Judges. And it says this, it says, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how did that happen? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, ver- like, verse 24 of Joshua 24 says, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. And then in the next book, and in fact, uh, I mean, in fact, it's like right there, Judges 2.10. Mm-hmm. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work he had done for Israel. And I was like, how does that happen? <laughs> I'm like, they had it. Like, they had it, they had it, they had it. And church, I would contend to you, it's because they didn't remember. Like one of the reasons is they just didn't remember. Like they didn't remember. They didn't pass it on to the next generation. If you guys wonder why we talk so much about Crossroads Kids up here, um, it's because that's what it's about. It's, it's about passing it on to the next generation. It's about reminding them, hey, this is who the Lord is. This is what he's done. And this is why it matters for your life. And in church, I, I'm just afraid that if, that if we don't pass it on, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Everyone did what was right. And so um, I would say this. I'd say you have to remember God's faithfulness to respond in obedience. And failure to remember will lead, fail, will lead to failure to respond. Um, because what are you responding to if you don't remember what the Lord has done? And so as, as we kind of wrap up today, you might be saying, well, Kyle, like, what do I do with this? Like, you've kind of, like, feel like we've, we've ping-ponged a little bit here. It's like, serve the Lord. Oh, no, they forgot. Like, 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 what do I, like, like, what do I do with this? And how do I take this home with me today? And so I, so I would say this to you. I would say the way to respond to God's word is to believe the gospel. Not just here. <laughs> But the way to respond to God's Lord is to believe the gospel in a way, in a way that we actually live it out. Um, and that happens when, when, when it's deep. Um, I, can believe, I, I can believe a lot of things that I hear intellectually, but they don't necessarily affect the way that I live. But when something gets here, it starts coming out. And the Bible talks about that as well. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Not the abundance of the head, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I would say that church, like the way to respond to God's word is to believe the gospel. And in case you didn't catch it earlier when I was talking about it, the gospel is this. Jesus Christ came to earth. He's the son of God. He came to earth, lived the life that we should have lived, but we didn't live that life. He did in our place. He died the death that we deserved to die. We didn't have to die. He died in our place. He rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. And it says that he defeated sin, defeated death, and he stands and he, and he rose again with a glorious offer. And he says, all who believe in me, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, come to me and you can have eternal life, eternity, eternity with me forever and ever. In church, I would say that's, that's the way. If you've responded to the gospel in the past, like if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, then never forget what Christ has done for you. But if you haven't respond, if you've never responded to the gospel, and you're sitting here and you're like, I don't like, I didn't know that's even what following Christ meant. <laughs> um, what was was the guy? I've never heard the word gospel. 
um, then I would encourage you in a few moments, we're going to do something that we do every, every week here at Crossroads. We have a time of remembering, and it's through taking of communion. And for believers, that's a way for us to remember. You know, I'm not saying you have to, like, go be saved again or anything like that. But, but communion, what it does is it helps us remember what Christ has done for us. It, it helps us remember that he shed his blood and that his body was broken for us. And so, church, in a moment, um, for all those who are followers of Christ, we're going to have a, a time where you can come up and you can receive the bread and the cup. Um, and we'll do that just like we did last week. I'll give you instructions in a moment. But if you're not a follower of Jesus... Or if this is something that you're like, man, I'm not sure if like, I should be taking the bread and the cup because I, I, I don't follow Christ. Then, then what I would say is this. I would say while others come up to take the bread and the cup and to receive that, why don't you consider receiving Jesus? Receive him as Lord and Savior. Trust in him. Trust in him. You've heard. Now respond. Trust in him. And if you have any questions about that, myself, any one of our pastors here, one of our leaders here, we'd love to talk with you about that more. Um, we can do that at any time you'd like. And so, church, in a moment, we're gonna we're gonna sell, um, we're, we're gonna come forward for communion. This side of the room, right here, this will be where you come to communion up towards the front. And if you're in this, if you're seated over here in the side of the room, we have communion in the back over there uh, as well for you. Um, so, here in just a moment, uh, I think Anthony's gonna come up and play for us, and then we're going to receive communion. So, take a moment, and whenever you're ready, you come.